In March, the aged care sector was well and truly panicked by the pandemic, rightfully so. We were worried that we wouldn't have enough staff to work in homes gripped by the virus. And back in March, the government announced the latest round of emergency funding, including 235 million retention bonuses to be paid to residential and home care workers to strengthen the workforce during the pandemic and create incentives. This was originally announced as a payment of up to $800 after tax per quarter, paid for two quarters for direct care workers and two payments of up to $600 for those who provide care in the home. Now, this has turned out not to be the case. The government confirmed that much like JobKeeper payment, the retention bonus payments are considered income and are subjected to income tax. Joining me to talk about this is Shane Neves, the CEO of Peninsula Villages Aged Care. Shane, thanks very much for joining us. No problems. You recently wrote an open letter to the government and the aged care minister, Richard Colbeck, about this uh, oversight, shall we say. When did you realise that the original announcement was not all it seemed to be? Uh, to, Connor, to be honest with you, probably probably four or five weeks ago, um, I think what happened was we really got a, quite a clear definition on what a direct care worker was. And I suppose being the CEO of an organisation and, and any good management would tell you the diversity of your working force and making sure you've got great teamwork and, and a cohesive bunch of people is fantastic. And the more I thought about it, I just thought this is totally unfair. Somebody needs to speak up and say the non-direct care workers like reception, laundry, food, maintenance, garden, all of those sort of things impact on the daily um, holistic care of our residents. And I think they pay just as much they pay just as much an important part in the resident's life as the direct care worker does. And I just thought to myself, this just isn't fair. Um, you know, to be honest, probably some bureaucrats thought up the idea where it would have been easier just to give it to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, as a CEO, you're going to put your hand up and say, this, this is, you're going to call, call out poor form or, mm -hmm. you know, just being tight. And I think that's what encouraged me to do the open letter to the senator. Mm -hmm. And so the, the more of the issue is that this is a bonus that not everyone gets, not necessarily, um, you don't too much take issue mm. with the after-tax mm. um, part of it. Oh, no. To be honest, the, the income tax on the on the retention bonus, that, that doesn't really concern me because it is income, so I can understand they need to pay tax on it. My main issue is um, what you're doing is you're segregating your, your team. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same that would happen in any workforce. You're really going to award reward somebody for doing their job against somebody that's doing their job but this classification of direct care you know it contradicts the whole environment that aged care works in a very mm -hmm. team environment a very holistic we are community owned so we're very community minded and look you know the more i think about it it just goes to prove that the government doesn't really understand what happens to the aged care sector they've got no real understanding of what we go through and how we deliver quality services so, Shane, to play devil's advocate, this is a bonus. Um, so, I mean, not everyone would have got this anyway, and maybe the government will be thinking that they're aiming for nurses and um, allied health workers because, in their eyes, maybe these are the most, you know, the hardest people to replace in an aged care sector. Well, it's true that registered nurses in aged care are difficult to find, good ones are, but to reward one section of your workforce over another section of your workforce is just, it's just not right. Mm -hmm. um, it devalues the people that do the non-direct care services. 
And to be honest with you, Connor, the the non-direct care services, like environmental services or food services staff, probably have a better rapport than most of the clinical team because they're providing um, assistance with daily living, not so much doing the, the, the care domain, as one might say. So, you know, I think the residents, if you ask the residents, the residents would say that all employees should be getting the bonus. Mm-hmm. And, as, and, as I, and as I said before, I mean, I don't know who came up with the, the idea. It would have been just easy to give a flat amount of money across the board. And look, you know, I am an aged care provider and I don't really want to have a go at home care providers. But home care providers are basically, they do provide some care, but a lot of their tasks are domestic or environmental services tasks. And they're getting rewarded. But for the same job that's in aged care, in a residential aged care facility, they're not getting rewarded or a bonus. So I'm wondering what it was like, you know, you say it took maybe three or four weeks, and I think just for everyone it took that amount of time to realise the after-tax bit and, you know, that it wasn't available for everyone. What was it like yeah. in in the home um, when, you know, the other workers were kind of coming up to management and saying, hey, am I eligible? And they all kind of realised that they weren't. What was the vibe around the home like? Well... I suppose as a provider, you take on a bit of that heat, and I suppose that's why I've done the letter to the senator because I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm not the one that made the decision. Mm. I'm the one that's copying it. I'm the one that's got to try and explain to them that the government doesn't think they're entitled to a retention bonus because they're not worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So all of that morale, all of that teamwork, all of that sort of culture that you work on is um, split and I'm the one that's got to answer the question when I'm not the one that's providing the bonus, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, how have the staff who are eligible, how have they gone with actually getting the bonus? Has that all been pretty smooth? Well, well, see, this is the other thing, Connor. Um, I suppose what got up my nerve a lot was then, then we had to do a grant application. So you've got to do a grant application. So we've got more administrative work to do because we've got to go through the payroll, work out how many hours people have worked, because it depends on how many hours you work, whether you get the full amount or not, whether you're part-time, full-time. So the government's thrown the work back on us to prepare the grant to be able to get the money for our staff. Mm. I'm wondering as well, going back to kind of the morale around the home, has this created any tension amongst the staff? Not indirectly. I think, you know, there's a bit of cheeky banter that goes on. (laughs) Um, But um, I think at the end of the day... Um, people are there to deliver the care to our residents. Uh, that's causes disharmony, that's all really. Yeah. I'm wondering, yeah. can we just chalk this up to an oversight on the part of the government? I think we, we know full well that the government don't have a, a really, really good understanding about how aged care works and is delivered and probably how the nuts and bolts of it is it goes day to day. So can we chalk it up to a, a bit of um, oversight on their part and maybe expect them to rectify it? Well, it'd be lovely if they could rectify it, um, I think. Whether it's an oversight or not, I think they just haven't thought it through properly and they probably haven't talked to the um, the industry as a whole, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think if they'd spoken to the industry and industry leaders, they would have got a bit more of a consensus that have a flatter fee and give it to everybody rather than just really just... Um, highlight it to direct care workers mm-hmm. so the solution is um to give it out across the board but ha- have you had any feedback from from government or any of the peak bodies i know that the peak bodies weren't happy with how this was all put together as well oh look the peak bodies are trying trying the best they can 
Um, I've had no response from the senator uh, or my local member. I did notice that the senator put out another letter, I think a media release yesterday, saying how great aged care is performing, especially when we compare it to overseas providers. Mm. But there's no recognition of uh, non-direct care workers as such. Yeah, well, I think that potentially might be an issue for the industry as a whole and how we do value people who maybe aren't nurses um, in, in the profession. Yeah. Um, so that's something we could all work on, I suppose. I, I think you're right there, Connor. I think the other thing, the other thing that comes to mind is, um, as I said, a lot, of, a lot of aged care providers will have supported residents or um, concessional residents because the, the government decrees we've got to have 20 or whatever percent of our residents have got to be supported. We have 30% of our residents supported. And we don't treat them any differently to the other other residents, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So here's the government turning around and saying, well, those that are direct care will give you a retention bonus, and those that are non-direct care, we're not going to give you a retention bonus, but they think it's easier for us to retain the non-direct care workers, which isn't true. A lot of my you know, environmental service workers have been with us for 20 years. They love the place, and you know, they need to be rewarded. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, you know, the idea of it being a retention bonus. Did you foresee people leaving the uh, the profession as a result of COVID before this was announced? I mean, were you getting any no, kind of rumblings no. or fears? No, yeah. uh, none at all. None at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, those people that are working in aged care, nine times out of ten, they're very dedicated and they're going to stay with you for a long time because they actually do see it as a, a career and they basically value the... the um, the response they get from our residents and the care from the families and the community. So, I, you know, it's not. I, I'll agree that it's hard to retain registered nurses in the sector, but it's hard to retain registered nurses because of the bureaucracy, the paperwork, the act fee, the care planning. Um, if they were really giving a lot more direct care rather than paperwork and administrative roles, then I think the job of a registered nurse in aged care would be more rewarding. Well, uh, Shane, I, for one, hope that they change this but, and all aged care workers can feel um, wanted and, and loved. Thank you very much for joining us to talk about this. No worries, Connor. Thank you.